Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Chop It Up with your host, Pasquale, here to help you grow yourself, grow your business, and most importantly, grow your hair. So as you may know, I'm an entrepreneur based out of Florida now. I started my endeavors in Montreal. I grew my business. One thing that I, I, I did love about my business was the inspiration that you can get from the community where you can actually step out of your house And in today's world, I must say, you don't even have to step out of your house. You can just go onto Instagram and kind of scroll on your phone and see what other people are doing. And that's it's a beautiful tool that we have, but I believe it also becomes a handicap because we fall into this Instagram page. We fall into this algorithm. We start looking, looking at, and we end up mainly wasting our time. And I believe the fact that we're doing so in front of a screen where we don't necessarily get a response from people made people fall into this weird rabbit hole of jealousy and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing better than me and how come I can't do that and that brings me to say there's a reason why I love heading out to hair shows for those of you who don't know most people don't know but this weekend was the Orlando premiere hair show Orlando premiere is one of the biggest shows in North America right now and it's basically a conglomerate of all big companies that uh, show up and showcase what they have as new products, what they have as new trends. And obviously, you know, there's some give and take. I, I love the shows because it's kind of an Instagram, but in person. And one thing that I, I do love to do when I go to these shows, I watch people speak. I watch how people captivate audiences. I watch how people sell. And it really brings your thought process to a different level. But also, you're able to show up to that person and interact with them, right? So it's easier to leave someone on scene on Instagram then leave someone on scene when you're in person. And so I brought some of my uh, my boys from my shop in Florida and you know we went out there as a gang and it's it's a beautiful activity because especially most of these guys was their first show and they were like mesmerized because the size of these shows is incredible and I must say that when you walk in it's overwhelming but turns out to be very inspiring. And so for me the inspiration is one thing that I love to go out because I go, I listen, and I'm not really a shy person, so I'll go up and talk to people and ask them how they feel about this and this and that in the industry and what direction this may be heading. So it's always a great opportunity not only to get inspired, but to network, to meet people, and to discuss with them. So for myself, when I'm out there, I don't even have a tendency to go on my phone. I will take a picture, maybe two pictures. And post it just to show that I'm present. And that usually leads to people reaching out to me and saying, oh, you're at the show. Let's meet up. And so now this brings a whole different level of conversation because you're face to face with somebody that you might have never even met in person that is like a social media friend. I'm sure you guys all have that. We have people that we interact a lot through social media. I do so with a lot of professionals given that, you know, I have a passion for the industry. I like to grow. I like to see what people are doing. And so for me, um, having having contact to these professionals and discussing makes me really think a lot. Think a lot about what Instagram has done to our profession. And I was I waited for somebody to get off stage to start uh, talking with him to suddenly realize and saying, you know, how how did you get to doing what you do? Now, for those of you who don't know, I was a platform artist for several years. 
I worked for a couple of big companies in the industry and I did my thing. And when I look at these people, I think I was great. A lot of people told me I was great, but these people are greater. And those are the people that I like to speak to because I like to get to that level. I like to understand what they did to get to that level. And so after starting this discussion, one of the main factors that came out was that Instagram saves a lot of people because a lot of people know how to be quote-unquote disciplined on Instagram or seem disciplined on Instagram. But the fact of the matter is once you get face-to-face with them, they can barely put three words in a row and have a conversation with you, even less educate in front of a room full of people. So for me, that was a it was kind of an eye-opener where there's these people, and, and I talk about myself, but I also talk about people that I work with, um, people that I, I employ, people that I, I, you know, co-workers in the industry saying, oh my gosh, this person so-and-so, he's huge, he does this, he does that. But then when you see that people in a st- on, on a stage in front of, you know, 150 people, all of a sudden they're not so big anymore. So that's one thing that I liked what this person told me was that Instagram really saves people. And so hair shows are slowly being diluted. The one thing that I found was a bit unfortunate about this hair show was that it started to look like kind of a flea market in a certain part of it, which is kind of normal because companies like Premier have to promote their boots. They have to sell their boot. They have to have revenue because these shows cost a lot of money to host. They do a lot of great for the industry. But eventually what ends up happening is they accept vendors that they wouldn't have necessarily accepted um, pre-world pandemic. So pre-world pandemic, obviously, it was a big thing. There was there was a lot of people um, that would come to these shows, but a lot of people that will also showcase. And a lot of companies kind of pulled back because of online sales took over. A lot of a lot of businesses built their 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 moto online, so they don't really need to be present. I do think though that if you want to be a reputable source in the industry and you want to put your credibility down, you need to have a booth at these shows. Now that being said, um, myself as a platform artist, when I started. One of the things that I did, and on my first show was on my first, well, my first show was kind of like a, I introduced myself. I, I went out. I saw this guy doing designs on stage. I used to love designs. I still do today. And I went to see him, and I said, "Dude, that's freaking awesome." And he said, "Oh, cool. You, do do you cut?" And I said, "Yeah. Here, take a look at my pictures." So he took a look at my phone. He was like, "Wow, this is this is cool stuff, man. I really like it." And he asked me if I was interested in becoming a platform artist because he said they were hiring, they were expanding. So he introduced me to his boss, who then booked me a flight out to their headquarters, which was at the time in Toronto, in Canada. And um, I went out there. It was super cool. I got to learn a bunch. And then I kind of got put onto a stage. Now, that being said, I have to say that that was like the excitement of being there, the feeling of being a rock star. And I also had the rock star lifestyle that followed with it, meaning that we would finish the show it was all fun and games, and then I would go back to the hotel, take a shower, go for dinner, go out, drink, party, and you know try to wake up at 5 o'clock the next morning to be at the show for 6 o'clock to start getting ready. So my performance on Sunday was always great, but when it came to the Monday show, it was not so great because I, I, I basically diluted myself. Uh, I diluted my talent. I diluted my attention. I diluted my energy by going out at night and drinking, which meant to me that I was not being so disciplined, right? And for me, discipline is, this is what it became in my mind. It's really resisting foolishness. Because as I got interviewed by a second company, um, I got approached by a second company, a bigger company based out of Houston, Texas, 
where I was starting to, you know, realize that there's, oh my gosh, there's a bigger beast to this. And so when I went in that time, I went in with a completely different mindset that I was there to work and I wasn't there to do anything else. And the way it works is that we had a two-day training and at, at the end of the two-day training, we had to do a presentation to determine where we would stand in the echelon of the company. So where we would be in terms of presenters. So that night, um, the night that we had to prepare, I stayed in my room, I ordered room service, I started practicing, I started writing down everything I needed to do in order to succeed. I went to get one of the ladies that worked for the company for a while and asked her politely if she would come and hear me out, hear out my presentation. So I presented to her, I think we must have done it like 20 times. So I, I kept repeating and she told me, you know, you should change this. They don't want to hear this. They might not want to hear this. And so once I got it down packed, it was about 10.30. What did I do? <laughs> my door knocked. And I got I basically got invited to go out, you know, and I said, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick around in my room. I'm going to, you know, brush my teeth and, and lie down and maybe relax. So the next morning, wake up, 5 in the morning, hit the gym, feel good, go downstairs, get to this room where there's a bunch of people ready to you know perform and as much as we're a team it still ends up feeling kind of like a competition because there's ranks to this so the point is you want to come up on top because you want the bigger shows because you want the better shows and so I decided to raise my hand when the gentleman at the front asked who wanted to go first so now I stand on the stage I know that I practice I feel very confident I slept I got some rest I woke up at five in the morning. I went to do, I did my morning routine. I went to the gym. I feel pumped. I feel great. I'm full of energy. I had a little espresso before getting on and I give my presentation. So as nervous as I was, which I think is normal, which I think you should always be nervous in these moments. I, I finished my presentation. I felt very confident when I put my hands down. And so the, the, the basically the head barber of the company turns around to the crowd, which are my colleagues, and says, this is how you do our company presentations. So now for me, I was the first one on stage. I gave what I think was a killer presentation. And that killer presentation was acknowledged by the head barber of the company. And now I set the bar very, very high for my colleagues. And my point was not to intimidate everybody, it was kind of, maybe it was to intimidate everybody because that's the point, right? I want to I show that I'm the best. But you know why I want to show that I'm the best? Because I did what I needed to do to be the best. So when you do the work, it's kind of like you're not really shy to say you're the best because you know you put in that effort, right? So I think most importantly what happened is that I resisted the foolishness. I resisted going out at night because I could have finished at 1030. I could have even went downstairs to the lobby and have a drink. For what? It would have affected... It would have affected my performance. I wanted to be peak performance. That being said, I had some colleagues that completely messed it up. But those are the same colleagues that when I looked at their Instagram in the morning, were still out partying at two o'clock in the morning. Now, you know, it doesn't mean they're no good. It just means they couldn't keep their discipline in line. And so I think this kind of story kind of applies to everything. It's not only a question of the barbering industry. It's that I hear a lot of people saying that they want to be the best in their industry. They want to be the best. They want to get paid the most. They want to have the most advantages, but they're not willing to do what it takes to be the best. So, you know, I like to analyze 
different people's routine. And then I'll be able to be the judge of why it is they act like that. Because sometimes they're not in a position where they want to be. But when you analyze their routine, you understand why. Because it's not something that just comes. You're not just given what it is that you want. You got to go out and get it. And you got to go out and put the work. And I'm like that with the people that I align myself with. If you're going to be within my company and you're not going to want to put in the work and you're not going to want to put in the time and you don't really show uh, focus and you don't show that you care or commitment for the brand... I'm really not trying to work with you because I guarantee you that if somebody comes along and they show commitment to the brand and they show effort and they show that they want to work, there's chances they take your place. Or you know what? They might not take your place, but they might go on to the next bigger thing while you're still sitting at the bottom. And that's what I learned in life. Sometimes I've had my my periods where I completely went off like, wow, for the past maybe, you know, two years, I went completely off grid. Um, I, I, I messed up. I, I, I'll even say it. I fucked up. Because I fucked myself up. Because in my head, I was lowering myself, lowering myself, and lowering myself to a point where I couldn't possibly get back from it. The good news is, it took a bit of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of discipline. It took a lot of resisting the foolishness. But I now see a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm now going back to my physical form. Now going back to my mental form. Now going back to my work discipline. But all that really is, is you know, resisting the foolishness and heading towards pure discipline because you can have motivation but motivation won't wake you up at five o'clock in the morning when your alarm rings if you can open your eyes and get to the kitchen and drink your glass of this is my trick by the way i drink a glass of freezing water first thing in the morning that'll wake you up a lot of you do ice baths but unfortunately here in florida it's very hard so i drink a glass of freezing water which completely wakes me up and gets me to go on with my day and i get in my sweat first thing in the morning and then i get in my books and then I get in some work, and then I get to work. So you see how that, that that discipline mantra will kind of end up pushing you in the right direction. And what's most important is you do not quit. You keep moving. You keep heading in that direction. Some days might be super hard. Some days you might slow down. There's days where I go to the gym and I just do half an hour of cardio. But what's important is I got to sweat on. I mean, maybe I didn't lift. Maybe I didn't PR. Maybe I didn't bench press, bench press 550 pounds. But I made my way to the gym and I kept doing that. Sometimes you need to sit down and take a break. But all I'm going to say is that if you want to be a professional in your industry, it really starts with being a professional within yourself. It starts with taking control of the little things that you can take control of, like your body, your nutrition, your mind. So, you know, train hard, read books, eat good, stay hydrated, and you'll see how slowly, slowly that's going to translate into your professional world, okay? So guys, keep that in mind. You know, if you want to be the best, you got to do the things it needs to be to you got to do the things that you need to do to be the best and consistency will always pay off, all right? So guys, thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you guys next week with another subject and have a great week.